If you have your Bibles, would you turn with me to Numbers chapter 13? Numbers chapter 13. Well, after Moses rescued the Israelites and brought them up out of Egypt, God had promised that he would lead them to the promised land, a land flowing with milk and honey. So they were on their way to the promised land, that is the land of Canaan. When God told them, first, go and explore the land. Go and check out the inhabitants and everything that is in it before you go and take it. Even though God had promised them this land, he had told them to first go and to explore it before going in. And so we'll see that exploration happen at Numbers chapter 13. And you will see that we will be reading some selective verses. So Numbers chapter 13, starting from verse 1 to 2, and then jumping on to verse 17. All right? And if you are able to, would you please stand as we read God's word? Numbers chapter 13. The Lord said to Moses, Send some men to explore the land of Canaan, which I am giving to the Israelites. From each ancestral tribe, send one of its leaders. In verse 17. When Moses sent them to explore Canaan, he said, Go up through the Negev and into the hill country. See what the land is like and whether the people who live there are strong or weak few or many? What kind of land do they live in? Is it good or bad? What kind of towns do they live in? Are they unwalled or fortified? How is the soil? Is it fertile or poor? Are the trees on it or not? Do your best to bring back some of the fruit of the land. It was the season for the first ripe grapes. So they went up and explored the land from the desert of Zin as far as Reba, toward Lebo, Hamath, and then verse 25 to 33. At the end of 40 days, they returned from exploring the land. They came back to Moses and Aaron and the whole Israelite community at Kadesh in the desert of Paran. There they reported to them and the whole assembly and showed them the fruit of the land. They gave Moses this account. We went into the land to which you sent us, and it does flow with milk and honey. Here is its fruit. But the people who live there are powerful, and the cities are fortified and very large. We even saw the descendants of Anak there. The Amalekites live in the Negev, and the Hittites, Jebusites, Amorites live in the hill country, and the Canaanites live near the sea and along the Jordan. Then Caleb silenced the people before Moses and said, We should go up and take possession of the land, for we can certainly do it. But the men who had gone up with him said, We can't attack those people. They are stronger than we are. And they spread among the Israelites a bad report about the land they had explored. They said, The land we explored devours those living in it. All the people we saw there are of great size. We saw the Nephilim there. The descendants of Anox come from the Nephilim. We seem like grasshoppers in our own eyes and look the same to them. Let us pray. 
Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for this passage of scripture and for the many truths that are contained in it. And we pray that this morning you would open up our hearts and our minds to hear from you. May you teach us, may you guide us, and may you help us to be obedient as we respond. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Amen, thank you. Feel free to be seated. The Israelites had come a long way. They had come a long way and through all of their journey out of Egypt, now on the edge of the promised land, God told them to go and to explore the land. Go and check out exactly what is there, who is there, before just going in and taking over. You see, there was something big that was happening. God was preparing them for something great, for them to enter into the land that he had promised. Oftentimes, the promised land is referred to by different names. The land of Canaan, a land flowing of milk and honey. And when we talk about a land flowing of milk and honey, it's not that it's literally flowing with milk and honey, but it's there to symbolize how fruitful, how plentiful, how lush the land was, how there was so much and so much in abundance for the people to enjoy. It was such a beautiful place, and God's promise to the Israelites was that I'm going to give this land to you, that you are my people, this is the land that I have for you, and it's yours. It belongs to you, and it's yours. And all you have to do is to go and to search it out and to see before just going in so that you know and you understand exactly what it is that you're getting yourself into. You see, before God gives us any big thing, there's always preparation that needs to happen. Before something big comes along and happens in our life, there will always be preparation. When God is getting you ready for something big, there is always preparation that is required. When God is getting you ready for something big and something great, he will always first prepare you for it. And sometimes we don't like preparation. How many of you enjoy preparation? Some of you but not most of us. I know that I certainly don't because there are certain things that we just want to get into. We just want to do. We don't want to have to prepare, but there's always work and preparation that is first required before God gives us anything big. And for the Israelites, there was no difference. They had to first go and to prepare themselves, go and check out the land, go and spy and see what was there, what needed to be done, who was there, all of those things before taking it. So why? Why did God want them to go and first do that? So, first of all, they know what to expect. They knew what they were facing to make a plan and also for them to realize that this was a big task. 
This was a great task. Moses gave them clear instructions on what to go and look for, what to bring back in their report. He told them to go up and check out the land, see the people that live there, what they are like, if they are strong or weak, few or many, what kind of land is it that they live in? Is it a good land? Is it bad? What kind of towns do they live in? Are there, are there walls fortified or are they unwalled? Is the soil good? Is it fertile or is it poor? Are there trees? So that we know what to do and what to expect. You see, there is always going to be preparation that is required for something big. If you want to complete school, guess what? You need to do the work. You need to do the assignments. You need to write the papers. You need to pass the exams in order to complete school. There is work and there's preparation that has to come. If you want to start a business, there's research that you have to do. There are investments that you have to make. You need a business plan. There is always preparation that needs to happen. If you want to compete in a sporting event, you need to train. You need to prepare your body. You need to eat properly. You need to exercise. You need to do all of those things. There is always preparation that needs to happen. And if we want to accomplish great things, then we too need to understand that there will always be preparation that needs to happen. We cannot get away from the preparation. God works through that preparation to prepare us for what is to come. And so let us embrace it and let us know that he is, comp- that he is preparing us for something successful. So not only was God preparing them to take this land and to see what was in it to make a plan, but God also wanted them to see how impossible it would be for them to take this land on their own. They saw how big and how great the people were. They saw how scary the land was and the inhabitants living there, and they were scared. And God wanted them to understand that, yes, on your own, you can't do it. The people there are scary, but he wanted them to trust him. The Israelites, when they came back in their report, they felt overwhelmed. They felt scared. They felt that there is no way that we can take this land. There is no way that we're going to go in and we're going to take over this land and fight these people. It was too scary and they are just too big. Verse 31 says, But the men who had gone up with him said, We can't attack those people. They are stronger than we are. And they spread among the Israelites a bad report about the land they had explored. They said, The land we explored devours those living in it. All the people we saw there are of great size. We seem like grasshoppers in our own eyes and also look the same to them. You see, when they looked at their situation, when they looked at the circumstances, it all seemed so overwhelming. It all seemed so big, but what they forgot was that God is even bigger. They saw how big that was, but God was even bigger. And even though our situations look big, I want you to always remember that God will always be bigger. God will always be bigger than whatever you go through. God will always be greater than whatever challenge you face. Yes, the people in the land were big, but God is bigger. Yes, the people in the land were stronger, 
than them, but God was even stronger. Yes, they look like grasshoppers in comparison to them, but God is with them and they do not have to fear. You know, no matter what we go through in this life, no matter how big and how great our circumstances seem, no matter how overwhelmed we may feel, remind yourself that you serve a big God. Remind yourself that God is great, that God is big and that he is mighty. That God is the keeper and he holds the universe in the palm of his hand. You see, God is so big that there is nothing that cannot concern him. There's nothing that he cannot do. God is in charge. God is always there with us and he is more than able. And so when we see overwhelmed, remind yourself that there is a big God on your side. When you seem overwhelmed, remind yourself that he is there. When you seem overwhelmed, remind yourself that over and over and over in the scripture, God tells us, do not fear. Do not be afraid. Do not worry. And why? Why shouldn't we fear? Why shouldn't we be afraid? Why shouldn't we worry? Not only is God big and that he is able and that he is great, but he promises that he is always with us. God is always with us. He is always on our side and he is always there. Can you feel the assurance of knowing that God, the creator and the sustainer of the universe says, not only am I able, but I am with you. Not only am I able, but I am always on your side, that I will never leave you or forsake you. That when you go through the valley of the shadow of death, that I am there, that it is my rod and my staff that comforts you. That he says, do not fear, for I have commanded you, do not be afraid, for I am with you. I will never leave you. He tells us that when we go through the water, where is he? He is there. That when you go through the fire, that I am standing right there with you. That when you get out of that boat to walk on water, that I am the one who is with you. You see, God is always there. And he says, do not be afraid. Do not fear. Not only am I able to change your circumstance and to help you, but I am there right with you. We have a God who understands. We have a God who sympathizes. We have a God who cares enough to stand with us in the fire. He stands with us no matter what we go through. He is there. We don't have to be afraid. We don't have to worry. You see, the enemy wants us to fear. The enemy wants us to be afraid because when we are afraid, we stop moving forward. Fear keeps us from going through and walking through that dark tunnel in order to get to the other side where the light is shining. Fear holds us back from going through that temporary darkness so that we can get to the light. Fear is the one that cripples us and stops us, but God is the one that says, I will walk with you so that you will get to the promised land. I will walk with you so you do not have to be afraid. He is there in the midst of it all. We do not have to be afraid. Even when our situations look big, God is always going to be bigger. God is a big God, and remind yourself of that. 
And knowing that we have such a big God on our side, don't allow fear to cripple and stop you. Because it's when we stop looking at God and we focus on our circumstance and our situation, that is when fear starts to overwhelm us and fear stops us. You see, overcoming fear and focusing on God allows us to do great things. It allows us to look at the Red Sea and to know that God is going to part this sea so that we can get through to the other side. When we look at God and not in fear, God will allow us to march around those walls of Jericho and know that they will fall down by themselves, that we don't have to worry that it will happen. When we look at God and not at our fear and our circumstance, it will remind us that even when we're in the lion's den or standing in the fiery furnace, that God is right there with us, protecting us, so that when we come out, not even the smell of smoke will be upon our clothing. Not even a hair on our head will be singed. When we look at God and instead, not on our circumstance, we will be able to stare at the raging storm and not be afraid because God is with us in the boat. When we look at God and not our circumstance, we will know for certain and trust that Two, lo- two fish and five loaves will feed thousands and thousands of people. When we look at God and not on our circumstance, we will know that no matter what people say, God will enable us to walk on the water. When we look at God and not our circumstance, we will be reminded that God is always still bigger. That he is always still bigger. When you go through the deepest, darkest things in your life, remember that God is there and he is still bigger. When you lose your job, Remember that God is bigger and he is able to provide. When you're going through a divorce, remember that God is bigger and he is that comforter and he is that helper and sustainer. When you're going through an illness and a sickness and the doctors tell you there's nothing they can do, remember that God is still bigger, that he is the great physician and the one who is able to heal us. When you are in need, remember that God is able to meet all of our needs. Remember that he is still bigger no matter what we go through he is there you see despite all of the negative comments that the Israelites had to make they spread it said a bad report among the people those spies who went into the land came back And the scripture said there was one from each ancestral tribe. So there were 12 spies because there were 12 different tribes. And so as they came back, they started spreading all of these negative comments. There's no way that we can go in and take this land. There's no way we can do it. The people are just huge. The people are so big. They devour us. They're going to kill us. As soon as we go in, they're going to attack and kill us. And we have no chance. That's basically what they were saying. There is no... No way we can go in and take this land. We're not going, and you have to believe us. And so because of the report that these spies brought back, all of the people started to fear and started to worry, and no one believed that they could go in and take this land. No one except Caleb. Caleb believed. In verse 30, it says, Then Caleb silenced the people before Moses and said, We should go up and take possession of the land, for we can certainly do it. 
No one believed except for Caleb. He was the one, despite all of the criticism, despite all of the negative opinions, was the only one who said, despite all that we have seen, despite all that we know, we can take this land. Caleb believed that God promised them this land and that God was going to give it to them. He believed that it was going to happen. And there are many times in our life where we need to stop listening to the negative voices who tell us it's not possible. There are always going to be those negative voices. There's always going to be those negative people who tell us it's just not possible. And you probably can already start to identify those people in your own life. Those people who are always filling your head with negativity, telling you, don't, you can't do this, or you shouldn't do that, or don't worry about this, or don't do that, because it's not possible. You're not going to do it. You can't do it. It's not going to happen. You can't afford that. You're not good enough for that. You don't have the education for that. There's always going to be those negative voices but it's important for us to stop listening to those negative voices and to tell ourselves that with God, it is possible. With God, it is possible. You see, if God has told us that it's going to happen, if God has said, I will make a way where there seems to be no way, then guess what? He will. God told the Israelites that he was giving them this land. He said, I am giving you this land. He didn't make it easy, and God usually doesn't make things easy, but he does reassure us that if I'm giving it to you, I will make a way. You have to trust me. You see, when God promises us something, usually it doesn't come easy. We have to trust him. We have to do our part and we have to believe that he will make a way. And we need to stop listening to all of the negative opinions. You see, in our world and in our society, we're bombarded with opinions and voices and all of these things. But what we need to do is to be still and hear the voice of God to quiet our hearts and to sit at Jesus' feet and to hear from him. You see, those voices will always be louder. Those voices will always be there and will be so opinionated and will always want to tell us. But we need to make the time to turn off all of those things around us and to listen and to focus on his voice. So how do we know when he speaks? You see, the more time we spend with him, the more we know his voice. He says, my sheep, they know my voice. My sheep, they know me. They know my voice. You know those that you spend the most time with, your family members or friends, when they call you, you don't, they don't even need to tell you who they are. You already know. And some of you might know what I'm talking about. When Pastor Nick calls me, he always, and he leaves a message or he talks to me, he always says, hi, Pastor Lisa, this is Pastor Nick from Rosewood Church. As if I don't know his voice and who he is. Some of you know what I'm talking about. He always tells me. But I can recognize.
recognize his voice because I work with him. I know him for so many years and I see him almost every day. And so he's one of the people I know. For your family members who you talk with, who you communicate with, you know their voice. You see, the more time we spend with God, the more we recognize his voice when he speaks so that we can identify when he's speaking to us so that we can know his will for our lives and know certain what he wants us to do. We need to block out those negative voices and to focus on God and God alone. You see, Caleb wasn't concerned about all of these negative responses. All he was concerned about was the fact that God said it was going to happen, and he believed that God was going to make a way. And so when other voices tell you it's not possible, remind them that with God it is possible. When other people say it's not going to happen, remind them that God will make it happen. When other people say there just seems to be no way, tell them that God will make a way when there seems to be no way. People will constantly say it's not possible, but with God it is. You see, it's not possible for a group of people to march around the walls of Jericho and for them to fall on its own, but with God it was possible. You see, it's not possible for a woman after 12 years of suffering with the issue of blood to be healed because the doctors say there's nothing we can do and she just grew worse instead of getting better, but with God, it was possible for her to be healed. You see, with men, it's not possible to change water into wine, but with God, he was able to do it. You see, it's not possible for a man and a human being to be able to walk on water, but with God, it was possible. You see, it's not possible for a man who was dead in the tomb for four days to be raised to death after Jesus called him forth, but with God, it it was possible. You see, the things that man says is impossible. Yes, with man it is impossible, but with God, all things are possible. All things are possible. Oh, all things are possible. When we think of the amazing things that God has done in scripture and in our own life, lives. It should cause us to truly be in awe at the God that we serve, to remind ourselves. You see, when I go through a difficult situation, I remind myself of what God has done. When I'm going through something that is hard for me to get through, I remind myself of God's faithfulness in the past. I read the scriptures and I say, God, you are no respecter of man. You helped this person. You got these people through and what you have done for them, you will do for me and remind yourself of God's promises to you. You see, as our children, our father will never leave us. As his children, he will always desire to do good for us. We need to stop listening to the voices of other people and we need to focus on his and remember that with him, all things are possible. The fourth point that I wanna make is don't allow people, don't allow fear to stop you from getting to the promised land that God has for you. Don't allow fear to stop you from getting to the promised land God has for you. And this truth actually comes from Numbers chapter 14, which we have not yet read, verses 21 to 23. And it says this, 
Well, starting from verse 20, the Lord replied, I have forgiven them as you asked. Nevertheless, as surely as I live, as surely as the glory of the Lord fills the whole earth, not one of the men who saw my glory and the miraculous signs I performed in Egypt and in the desert, but who disobeyed me and tested me 10 times, not one of them will ever see the land I promised on oath to their forefathers. No, no one has who has treated me with contempt will ever see it. You see, unfortunately, because of the Israelites' disobedience, because of their lack of belief that God was going to give them this land and to help them to take it, to defeat the giants who were living in the land and to help them to overtake this land, they didn't believe. And because of that, God said, not one of them will enter in. They didn't believe that I was gonna give it to them. And so because of that, because of their disobedience, even though they saw the miraculous things, even though they saw how I delivered them, because of that, none of them will be able to live in that land. No one was able to enter in except for Caleb. No one was able to enjoy the promised land that God had promised for them and God ordained them to have. And as a result, they wandered in the desert for 40 years. We may wonder why these Israelites were traveling around for 40 years. It's because of their disobedience. The place that God had for them was right there. But because they did not believe, they went around for 40 years because of their disobedience in the desert. God wanted to give them this land. He not only was going to give it to them, but he was going to help them to take it. But because of fear, they disobeyed and they did not believe. So I want to ask you, is there a promised land that God has for you that he's promised you? but because of fear, you may be disobeying God. Is there something that God has said, this is what I have in store for you and this is what you need to do, but because you're too scared, because you don't see a way, because you're overwhelmed by the circumstance, because it just looks too big and too hard and too scary, you're walking away from it. And instead of going through knowing that God has it for you, you start wondering, in circles for 40 years, longer than necessary because all you had to do was to trust and believe that he has it for you. You see, fear can stop us from entering into the promised land God has for you. What is that promised land? What is it that God has promised to you? Don't allow fear to stop you from getting to that promised land. Don't allow fear to hinder you from entering in with full confidence that God is on your side. Maybe you're allowing fear to stop you from going back to school. Maybe it's from taking a new job or investing or starting a business. Maybe you're allowing fear to stop you from volunteering or giving or helping, whatever it may be, don't allow fear stop you from getting to that promised land. You see, God has amazing things in store for us as his people. And what he expects from us is to trust him and to obey. Not leaning on our own understanding, but in all our ways, acknowledging him and he will direct our path. We need to trust him. Don't allow fear to hinder us and to stop us. Don't allow fear to stop you.
When God is getting you ready for something big, preparation is always required. Even though our situations look big, remember that God is always going to be bigger. Stop listening to the negative voices who tell you it's not possible. Because with God, all things are possible. And don't allow fear to stop you from getting to the promised land God has for you. You see, when we look to him... We will know when we keep our eyes focused on God, then the rest of the world and the rest of our circumstances fade away. This morning, are you willing to say, God, I look to you and I trust you with all that I am. And Lord, despite the fact that my situation looks big, despite the fact that what I'm going through seems overwhelming, I'm trusting you because I'm not going to allow fear to stop me from getting to my promised land. Let us pray. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you that you are so big and so mighty. We thank you, Lord, that despite what we go through in this life, despite all that we experience, that, Lord, you promise that you are with us. And so, God, we pray that you would remind us of that promise, that we would feel your presence, that we would feel the reassuring peace that passes all understanding to know that you are there. And so, God, we pray that you would speak, that you would move, and that you would help us. We desire to hear your voice amongst all of the other voices. May you help us to block out those negative voices and to hear directly from you, oh God. And so, Lord, we know that when we look full in your face and we focus on you, then everything else will grow dim and fade away. And so, God, we desire to hear from you, to know your will, and to get to the promised land that you have in store for us. Help us, Lord, as we respond obediently. In Jesus' name we pray, amen, amen.